0: So, Mark. Yes. We are back. You're two, baby. Woohoo! We're doing it. With the help of our friends at Square Apron, we are going to keep this show on the road. Square Apron, the all in one platform that lets you design beautiful, delicious websites in the comfort of your own home.
1: Do you want a website? Do
0: you only want to spend 30 minutes making it with already pre-chopped ingredients? The box will come delivered right to your doorstep with just the ingredients that you'll need. No more. Just one URL, one store built in, and one set of the code for Clippy because that was really cheap to buy now. And the box is only the size of a mini fridge. Everything you could want. Act now. Go to squareapron.com slash love and use the code love when you're checking out and you'll get a free case of Be Wild Body Glitter with your purchase. Oh my god, I forgot about Be Wild Body Glitter. We are going to definitely do a new Bad Christmas movie this year. Uh, I can't wait.
1: It's we're so be awesome. close to Christmas. I know. It's the season. I mean, not really because it's not even Thanksgiving yet, but we're close to the beginning th- of Christmas.
0: Thanksgiving is this Thursday, so we're oh, almost there. Oh, it is? There.
1: Yes, I know exactly what day it is that this will be released. Yeah,
0: we record these
1: live. (laughs) Yeah, as you are listening to it, no matter what time, we are recording it right then.
0: It's because we care about you, and so too does Square Apron. And we love you, just like the love. Anyway, we were watching this movie, and for a lot of people, this is a big cultural touchstone tied to youth and adolescence and the novel series, and I was wondering... Like, is there a book series from your childhood that you wish would be adapted or at least adapted better than it has been already?
1: So the first thing I thought of And I remember absolutely nothing about this series. I just remembered the name was Hank the Cow Dog. What? Which is a series of books for like, I think I read them in like first or second grade about a dog who lives on a farm and is a cowboy, but is also just a normal
0: dog. So he's a cowboy dog. Does he have like a cowboy outfit? Like a hat and a vest and like spurs on all four of his feet?
1: No, because he's like a normal dog, but he is also like, hold on. Let me see what Wikipedia says. It's on ongoing. Wait, it's still like
2: happening? He's the sheriff of the farm.
0: Did you read it? Yes, does- I don't
2: remember a lot of it, but I definitely did read some Hank the cow dog.
0: Does he have like a sheriff's badge?
2: I think he does on his collar something like that.
0: Does he get in shoot'em ups with bandit dogs. Here No
2: shoot 'em ups, uh, no.
1: Here's what Wikipedia says. The books follow Hank, a dog that views himself as the head of ranch security. In each book, Hank and other characters must deal with several events, issues, and mysteries that occur at their Texas Panhandle home in Oakletree County. Also, it started in 1982. It is currently going on.
0: Wow. Yeah. So like how long are Hank the Cowdog installments?
1: They're really short. They're like early
0: kid children's book, I'd say. I mean, I think I was reading it in second grade. Yeah, I was thinking slightly older, but if we're going to go that age, what I would see is an adaptation of the detective extraordinaire, Nate the Great. Nate the Great was a detective wearing a big hat, almost like a Paddington-style hat, and a trench coat that was too long for him, because he was a little kid. But he solved minor mysteries, and whenever he was done, and before he started, and most of the time in between, he would sit around and eat pancakes. He was a good this kid.
1: sounds familiar,
0: but I can't remember. My original answer that I was going to go for was, I want a, like, well-budgeted, awesome, high-quality... Animorphs adaptation.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: It's what we deserve.
2: It is what we deserve.
0: I was scared
1: of the covers and I, I couldn't get past it. I a lot. I never read anything. I never watched the show. I know absolutely
0: nothing about Animorphs. There was a funny BuzzFeed piece a while ago where they just zoomed in on like the medium stage people of the Animorphs <laughs> cutters, like halfway between the morphs. Yeah.
1: You know what could be fun? Like a super 2018 Hardy Boys where it's like... I think it's called Riverdale. <laughs> I was just going to say where they... Riv- Riverdale it, and it's, like, sexy and diverse. Yeah, that's Riverdale. Yeah. I just watched the first episode of the Netflix Sabrina thing. Oh, Which yeah. is essentially Riverdale, but slightly better, and also with witches. And they really lead into the whole Satan part of it. Yeah, the Church of
0: Satan is suing them. Really? Yeah, because apparently one of their, like, Baphomet statues looks a lot like one that the Church of Satan copyrighted. Oh, my God. I don't even
1: know how to respond to that. I don't think they'll win, to be honest. Netflix has probably
0: some great lawyers. I doubt it would go to court. Yeah, they'll they'll probably just settle. (laughs) Yeah. What about you? Do you have a book or a book series that you think should be adapted?
2: I think they need to redo Harry Potter. Really? Yes. The movies were just so, so bad. My husband always says they should redo Harry Potter as an animated, high-budget series. Ooh. So they don't have to rely on child actors. And I totally agree. Each book, give it a season. Do it right.
0: That's an interesting idea. I am interested in the idea of like high-budget 2D animation targeted sometimes at an older audience. Like, I know Donald Glover was working on a Deadpool animated series for FX for a while that got canned, so that's not happening anymore. Again, thinking of things I would love to see adapted, there's a run of Avengers comics by Jonathan Hickman that I think would make an awesome animated show. It'd be way too expensive to ever do live action, but it would be a cool animated series that I would nerd out on.
1: I don't know why, but I just got in my head a, like image of Harry Potter in the animation style of Bob's Burgers, and I think that's yep. where we we need to invest our money. Just a crossover.
0: <laughs> yeah, crossover world.
2: That would be amazing. Coochie Kopi could live at the castle.
0: Coochie Coochie Kopi is a horcrux. <laughs> uh,
2: oh, absolutely. I just ordered a glow in the dark Coochie Kopi for my room the other day on Amazon and it's a fantastic purchase. Love me some Coochie Kobe.
1: Can you believe we're getting a Bob's Burgers movie? Wait, what? are we? What? Did you not know? I no. think they're making a full-length movie. For serious? That or I dreamed it.
2: If Gail isn't in it, I'm not seeing
1: it. <laughs> Love Gail. Yeah, deadline from October 2017. Oh. Bob's Burgers movie ordered up for 2020. Whoa, I totally missed that. I can't believe you missed that, William. Maybe I saw it a year ago when it was
0: announced and <laughs> yeah. about
1: it. Oh, they have a, a date, July 17th, 2020. Ooh. I have a
0: feeling that might change because that is like two years away. That's that big weekend that Warner Brothers always puts something out. So that's some fierce competition. Uh, I will obviously be seeing the Bob's Burgers movie over anything they put out. Yeah. So your favorite side character is Gale.
2: Oh, absolutely. Her board games like Gale Force Wins that she makes, her artwork of the animal <laughs> (laughs) buttholes I
0: forgot about the buttholes
2: her crush on Dr. Yap she's amazing
1: Mark, who's your favorite side character? I don't know. She doesn't get a lot of screen time, but I always love when Marshmallow shows up. Every time Marshmallow shows up, it is a gem.
0: That's a good point. Yeah.
1: yeah. When I- she shows up at the casino, I think, is one of my particular favorites. Yeah, that's I also good.
2: love Linda's parents.
1: Oh, like yeah. When they come
2: to visit and Bob hides in the crawl space.
1: That's like the second episode it's of that show. Such
2: a good episode.
1: The first season of that show is so much better than it should be. The pilot is Still one of the best episodes. Well, it's because
0: they lead with the crazy ideas. Like, yeah. number one is human meat. Number two is Coochie Kopi in the walls.
2: Number three is melissa
0: Number four is the Murder Mystery Dinner Theater. Those are four of the best episodes they've
1: ever done. Yeah. They started out strong. I think
0: my favorite side character is Mr. Fish Odor. Yeah. The Such Thanksgiving
1: episode at Mr. Fish Odor's house with the
0: schlongs. Yeah. It's just like, what if Mr. Burns... We're also kind of confused, but not in a, like, I'm an old man, just in a, like, what is happening all the time, and just desperate to take over everything while having sex. I love
1: Mr. Fish because he doesn't really have any goals. Like, there's the vague goal of making more money, but that's not even really his motivating force a lot of time. No, no, he's he,
0: just going through his life. Yeah.
2: He gets off on power trips, like the episode yeah. where he pits every one of his tenants against each other with the water balloons. <laughs>
0: And he's competitive, like the yeah. his gingerbread competition or the birthday competitions with his brother where they play hide and seek. Oh my God. Felix is another good one. He just likes to dominate other people. Yeah.
1: Will, how long have we been recording and not even said the name of the movie we're talking about? I don't know.
0: We also had to, like, take it again from the top because (laughs) I said the name of a company that we're contractually not allowed to acknowledge instead of saying Square Apron.
1: Um, should we actually start the show now, Will? I guess. Yeah. Welcome to We Love the Love, a Hollywood romance podcast. I'm Mark, and I'm Gay.
0: And I'm Will, and I'm a ginger, and this is an investigative podcast committed to examining the most pressing, the most urgent, the most important issue of our day in 2018. And that question is, does Hollywood romance actually make any sense? And are these people actually dateable or even likable? You know, we're taking this really seriously, so we're not even gonna concern ourselves. It doesn't matter if the romance is a main plot or if it's a one scene flirtation. I am committed to this. We will dig in and we will see what is there. It is our sacred mission and we will not stop until we've found a conclusive answer. And in honor of the start of this next era, Of the show, we thought we'd look at a controversial but wildly popular love story from our own formational years. And so we've brought in an expert to help us out with it.
2: Hi, I'm Katie, reformed Twihard.
0: Okay, so actually that was something I wanted to ask about. We're talking about Twilight, the 2008 film based on Stephanie Meyer's novel. Do Twilight fans self-identify as Twihard? I was never sure if that was a pejorative or... An identity that was chosen.
2: So, when I read Twilight in high school, I never thought of myself as a twi I really enjoyed the books. Always hated the movies. Never saw all of them. But I did really enjoy the books. Read them multiple times. But looking back, I guess that would count as a twihard because I did like the books. But... I have since seen the error of my ways, so I refuse to watch them now, and watching it for this podcast was incredibly painful.
0: I just, it always felt like a play on Try Hard, which is an insult. And I was never sure if people referred to themselves as Twihards. I never did. I don't
1: know of another name, though.
0: Right, that's a thing.
1: Yeah, so I assumed that was it because I never heard, like, what they could have been saying. Right, and we needed a name
0: to use when we talked about the culture war between Twihards and Potterheads. A really weird culture war because I know a lot of people that liked both. Right. Me being N- one of them. A, like,
1: a lot of people. But
0: it was certainly framed that way. Yeah, yeah. Even in the way that some people thought about it, where it was like you would pay attention to how one was succeeding versus another to see the ultimate triumph, what was the true great book slash movie franchise of the mid 2000s And like the answer was obviously Harry Potter. Yeah, oh
2: obviously. One of the authors is a never a debate.
1: Yeah, one of the authors is a literal billionaire. So clearly one has probably
0: lasted a bit longer. But this was like a real source of debate. It was a cultural rift in a time when thanks to the rise of the internet and the rise of social media, fandom was coming to its own in a way that it hadn't before. Like, you had fan conventions going back to the 1960s, but if you couldn't travel to those, then you were, like, writing letters into dozens, and that was kind of it. But with social media, with, like, Facebook really starts to accelerate at a rapid rate the year that this movie comes out in 2008, fan communities are getting stronger, sharing fan art, writing fan fiction to an extent that they hadn't before, and so Twilight had this huge viral fan base that was a part of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like this competition is the coalescence of a lot of modern ideas of what fandom is. And honestly, some of even the toxic elements that arise Oh, out absolutely. Of it. Yeah.
0: So Katie, we wanted to have you on the show because Mark and I were not into Twilight in the mid 2000s. I have never read any of the books.
1: No, I haven't read any of the books. I haven't seen any of the movies. I think Suzanne may have read the first one, but I really had not a lot of contact with this at all.
0: Yeah, I knew a lot of information about them because as a fierce partisan in the Twilight Wars, I felt like I needed to educate myself a lot about it. So I knew the broad strokes of all the books. I had seen a lot of parody content. I actually read the Harvard Lampoon put out a book called Nightlight. That was a like 110 page parody of Twilight that I read. So I knew a lot about what was going on, but I had never read them. So what we wanted was somebody who was at least at one time, a Twihard, who could come in and kind of explain the appeal to us in 2005, 2007, 2008.
2: Honestly, as I watch it and think about it, I truly don't know what the appeal was because this relationship within the book is so toxic and unhealthy especially in this era of Me Too and Time's Up with all the behavior that Edward exhibits with her. So I truly don't know what the appeal was other than the fact that it was a guy who just supposedly loved a girl unconditionally. And I guess that was appealing to read about, but I really can't justify it now. I truly can't.
1: I'm trying to remember the arguments I heard in its favor, and, like, I guess it was just that it was a love story people liked. Yeah. I really don't remember any of the concrete arguments. I guess people were like, oh, Edward is so romantic and, like, would do anything for Bella, stuff like that, but... I don't know, I feel like even then, I would have been in middle school and I was like, it's creepy to break into someone's room and watch them sleep. Right. I realized then that that was not great behavior. So I just don't understand how people, I don't know. It was tough to wrap my head around people liking this book.
0: I think it was just, like, the appeal of the intensity of the emotion in the relationship, I guess.
2: Yeah, especially because they were close in age to a lot of the people who were reading the book. They were like, oh, I want that. I want someone to love me so intensely. Maybe not necessarily sneak into your room at night intensely, but, you know more than what they probably were experiencing in their own high school romances.
1: I feel like every single person that was like, this book is so romantic would still be horrified if a guy that liked them was breaking into their room every night and watching them sleep. I would hope so.
0: And it's worth noting that this series became this big phenomenon and the movies were this huge phenomenon, but plans for a film adaptation were in the works before it had even come out. So the books were written by Stephanie Meyer, who says the idea came to her in a dream in June of 2003. Then she just started writing just to write the story down just for the heck of it. And then it got picked up by a publisher and it was actually optioned by Paramount in 2004 before it had even come out. But then Paramount had people working on a script that apparently basically had nothing to do with the plot of Twilight. Like Which I Which
2: probably would have been better.
0: Bella was like a Trek star and I know she had a gun and the vampires had fangs and Stephanie Meyer if said Bella, in a bunch of interviews. Bella
2: was as clumsy as she is in the movies... I would not want her walking around with a gun.
0: Stephanie Meyer said in some interviews, she was like, what they made was like a good movie. It just was not Twilight. And so it sat in development hell at Paramount for like three years before Paramount put it in turnaround and it got picked up by Summit Entertainment who hired Melissa Rosenberg to write a new draft. And she then cranked it out kind of at a fast pace because... The goal was to have it done before the 07-08 writer's strike started, because Melissa Rosenberg was a strike captain. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. So they cranked this out pretty quickly. She had previously written Step Up for Summit. She was a writer for Dexter at the time. So she was, like, fairly well established. Now, most recently, she's the showrunner for Jessica Jones at Netflix. Right. And this actually had a lot of women in sort of creative control of the movie because Rosenberg wrote it. And she actually wrote all of the Twilight movies. And it was directed by Catherine Hardwick, who was coming off of 13 Lords of Dogtown and the Nativity Story. And it was her idea. To use voiceover.
2: I was going to bring up the voiceover. That
0: voiceover, though. I know
2: how you feel about voiceover.
0: There's a lot of voiceover in this movie.
1: So much is so unnecessary. Like, it feels like the script was written to show you all the points as a movie does. Like through movies, but then they just added in voiceover that summarized the exact same thing you just saw, but in
0: direct words. Which and was, in
2: Kristen Stewart's complete deadpan yeah. as well.
0: And that was their solution to like trying to get the novel's sense of being in her head. They were like, oh, we do voiceover. That solves it. But that's the challenge of adapting to a new medium. You need to do it. And we know Melissa Rosenberg can do that. We've seen her do cool adaptations, like Jessica Jones. Right. Didn't quite work here. No, not at all. It reminded me of another movie I saw recently, The Hate You Give, which really frustrated me because it was a case of using a lot of voiceover to say things that we could see. There's a character giving voiceover like, I hold the bullhorn in my hand. And I'm like, yes, this is a movie. I can see that happening.
1: Then you look at movies like Call Me By Your Name where they scrap the voiceover and it turns out to be just so much better. So clearly you just need to hire better actors if you feel like you need to add voiceover to get into a character's head, honestly.
0: Or at the very least, it means that there's something happening where you don't trust the audience. Right. That was a conversation we had about Avatar, where we were saying the voiceover felt not like the actors weren't doing their job, but like we felt they maybe didn't trust the audience to track what was happening.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: A movie that I thought did well with eliminating the voiceover from book to movie was Hunger Games, because the books are all from, they're all in first person from her perspective. We didn't have that in the movies, and the movies weren't fantastic, but. I thought it did a good job transitioning to being viewed by an audience without the voiceover inside her head.
0: And I think the first movie in that franchise in particular does cool things with camera work to indicate that we're seeing everything from Katniss's perspective.
1: It's almost like books and movies are different media, and you kind of have to adjust your storytelling techniques to match what you're doing. Yeah. But, you know what you never get for a book? What? An MTV award for Best Kiss. Oh my god. I... Just can't. I also was watching this and it really drove home the point to me that I'm kind of just getting over watching straight people kiss on TV. I was just like, that's all you watch on TV, essentially.
0: So I'm just getting to the point where like God friended me. Have they kissed yet? I don't know. We talked about God friended me on here a couple weeks ago. We have continued to watch it. Every week. Is
2: it any good? No. But we watch it every week.
0: Because it's really funny. It's really funny. And one of the things they've done is three different times in this show, and we're what, five episodes in? Yeah. There's been a surprise reveal that someone is gay. Oh, okay. So the thing is also at the same time, I
1: don't actually like hate the premise so much. Of Godfrey me. me? Yeah, like it's really dumb, but it doesn't actually irritate me. What irritates me is the bad writing, which is more fun to laugh at.
0: It's the camera work that irritates me. Yeah, the camera work The lighting
1: specifically. Everyone is just so washed out all the time. I guess they're supposed to be bathed in heavenly light at all moments or something. Who even knows?
2: And speaking of bad camera work, the Twilight camera work gives you a headache at times
1: that full circle of them in the woods just dead silent and the camera just kind of goes in a circle around them I'm not sure what the point of that was Is
2: what I say it out yeah. Loud yeah. yeah moment
1: God I hated that point. I hated all of this movie, though.
0: But a lot of Americans liked it. Yes. This movie opened on November 21st, 2008. It was a Thanksgiving movie. It was originally supposed to be in December, but Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince moved from that November slot to the following July. So then Twilight slid into that, which, like, did nothing to lessen the Potter-Twilight competition. So, Twilight opened Thanksgiving 2008 at number one to $69 million.
2: I'm ashamed that I contributed to that.
0: You were a part of it opening weekend.
2: I was. I saw it at midnight.
0: Wow. That's uh reformed. That's some commitment. For what it's worth, it opened at number 1 ahead of Week 2 of Quantum of Solace at number 2, just to put it in context, and at number 3 was the opening Thanksgiving weekend of Bolt.
2: Bolt's actually pretty cute. I've never
0: oh, seen
1: that's it. a movie that exists.
0: That was John Lasseter's first one for Disney Animation. Yeah. It's
2: a pretty cute
1: movie. Isn't Miley Cyrus in that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think Not I Not
2: the protagonist
0: though. No, Bolt is the protagonist. Yes.
2: And his little buddy in the hamster ball.
0: Yes. Wait, there's a hamster ball character in that? Yes. So Disney put out hamster ball in Bolt and hamster balls live action in G-Force in like a three-year window?
1: Well, it's just the side, like he's just a sidekick and I feel like it is funnier to have hamsters in hamster
0: balls. Did anyone see G-Force? No. Absolutely not. Should we do G-Force? I know nothing about it. What is it? And that has it? not always panned out for us. It's a Jerry Bruckheimer-produced movie about, I want to say, secret agent guinea hamsters. Pigs. Is it guinea pigs? I think
2: they're guinea pigs. That would make G-force, more sense for the G. guinea pig?
0: Yeah, they're small domesticated rodents. I think they're secret agents.
2: That sounds about right. I forgot it existed until you mentioned it just now.
0: It made almost $300
1: million. Global or domestic? G-Force. I don't know. Cost $150 million to make, too. It's because you have to CGI these guinea pigs everywhere. Domest- uh, domestic is $120 million. Okay. So Twilight did beat it at 192 domestic. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. G-Force. Sorry. Wow, we really don't want to talk about this movie. Our tangents have been aggressive. Welcome to year two. <laughs> so we were talking about bad camera work, and then we talked about G-Force. Should we just start talking about the points? Because yeah, I feel like we'll get all of our rage out because... That's all there is in this movie.
0: I guess so. So, uh, Katie, for every episode of the show, as you know, we break our romance down into the five key points that best exemplify it. Now, Twilight is a movie where it's basically all romance throughout, except for the weird bad guy plotline that doesn't really make any sense. But I know you've decided to take kind of a different tack on our five points for this.
2: Yes, I did. My first one would be staring You know, everybody's staring. There is a lot of staring in this movie that seems to be how most of the characters communicate is just by these deep stares. Sometimes they are in disgust or distaste at how haughty the Collins appear to be, or how bad Bella smells—it's a lot of staring.
1: Or one scene when it looks like Edward fully jizzes in his pants through <laughs> staring. Are you talking about the time when he sees her in the science lab? Yeah, oh, what?
2: In uh, the wind, and the fan is blowing her hair. Yeah,
1: when yeah. she yes. walks into biology or something, and Edward just fully
0: like jerks his whole body in a way where I was just I like, think that Oh my god! wants
2: Robert Pattinson in his dreams.
0: I think that the weirdest thing about the staring is how much of it is open-mouthed. She doesn't close her mouth at all. It only was in, like, the last
1: 15, maybe 20 minutes that I started paying attention to it. But in that time, I never saw her close her mouth except for when she was saying words. She's always
0: just like, uh... Got her mouth open, and everyone is mumbling throughout the movie and staring, looking over your shoulder. There's so much over-the-shoulder staring, too.
2: Oh, tons. And tons of staring as they walk by, too.
0: And on the subject of staring, I mean, the movie starts off when Bella moves to Forks, Washington from Phoenix because her mom and her mom's boyfriend? Husband. Her stepdad? Stepdad. Okay, are moving to Jacksonville for baseball reasons.
2: He's a minor league baseball player, and he's hoping to be on the team or get contracted onto the team is my understanding.
0: Right. So she goes to Forks to stay with her dad. And when she shows up at school, she's like immediately the most popular person ever. And everyone is constantly staring at her, flirting with her, trying to hang out with her. And it's like nice that they're friendly, but it's aggressive fast. Like everyone sexually harasses her. Oh, I don't totally. understand
2: it. I don't understand why people are so obsessed with this girl. She's such a flat, boring frankly unlikable person but yet everyone is tripping over themselves for this girl who trips over everything and maybe
0: that's part of the appeal that bella is such a cipher that readers were able to easily map themselves onto her like she doesn't have a lot of character traits that wouldn't apply to just like i'm a person
1: right she is also never nice to her friends in this Maybe the one time is when she tells her friend to be the person to ask a guy out, but that's the only time she says anything nice to any one of those people ever.
2: Yeah, she totally phones it in when they're trying on dresses.
1: Yeah, she's she's not paying attention.
2: Uh huh. I like that. Uh huh. I just want to go to the bookstore. And then she totally ditches them for dinner to go with Edward in the evening. Not a good friend move?
1: No, she's a terrible friend.
0: Yeah, I just like don't know why all these people are so into her. One of them, I
1: think his name is Eric. The first thing he says is like, oh my god, you're going to be front page news. And I was like, does this high school have five people? How is a new kid front page news?
0: I mean, this high school has maybe like 50 people, given the crowd scenes that we get. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is no East High.
1: No, it's essentially the Grammys in A Star is Born. Yeah. (laughs) That
0: level of commitment to hiring extras. Oh man, what if Chris Kristofferson were just like one of the teachers at this school? He should have been the science teacher.
1: What if he was her dad? (laughs) That
0: would have been amazing. Um, so Edward and Bella then get assigned to be lab partners. Edward has a conniption and she goes into the office and finds him trying to switch out of the class and the secretary's like, oh no, we uh, can't switch out of any classes. And he goes... I'll just have to endure it then. And then walks out, bumping into Bella as he goes.
1: What? I just had to space out for a second because I got so annoyed at this movie. I was looking at my notes for a dumb quote, but I didn't write any of them down because they were just so painful. Uh, I wrote a lot down.
2: I have loads of quotes.
1: I also saw Will writing, and I was like, I don't want to give this movie my full attention, and I see that Will is actually writing down what the words they say
0: are, so I'm okay.
2: Would you like me to share some quotes with you?
0: Just give us, like, your favorite one right now.
2: Well, of course, there's the classic, hold on tight, spider monkey. Ooh, That one's great. (laughs) When he has
0: a climb on his shoulders, and, like, he runs up a tree.
2: Yes, absolutely. I also love when Bella says, I don't like any cold, wet Thing.
0: Oh, I wrote that one down too because Zingy. that's the reverse of the Phantom Menace sand thing. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Attack of the Clones.
2: Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. How sand is rough, rough and coarse and gets it, everywhere. It's hot and dry. And it gets everywhere. Bella doesn't like things that are cold and no, wet. Oh, and ironic because she ends up dating a vampire. Yeah, who's always cold. Is he?
0: Is he wet? <laughs>
2: I don't think he's wet, but in the book...
0: He shimmers like water.
2: It, he does shimmer like water. But while you're reading the book, you're just begging Stephanie Meyer to buy a thesaurus because the only thing she ever uses to describe Edward is cold marble. So we know he's cold for sure because Stephanie Meyer really brings that home.
0: And white like marble because he's caked in makeup.
2: Oh, absolutely. Except when they forget oh. to do his ears and his neck. Yes. movie
0: <laughs> yeah. where he's bright red. The makeup on the Cullens in this movie is bad.
1: It's horrible. All of them look so creepy. And not in the way where it's supposed to be like... A little bit off. A little bit off because they're vampires, but they're also super sexy, which is also one of the points. No, they just look horrifying. So this is
0: 15 years after Adam's Family Values, which did the like... Creepy, pallid makeup really well.
1: Yeah, and they managed to light them really well in that movie with creepy pallid makeup. Not in this one.
2: You could just see the lipstick caked on their lips. It was very distracting.
1: Do they improve on that at all in the later movies?
2: Honestly, I couldn't tell you. I saw New Moon and it was so bad. I didn't watch any of the others, though my sister and I rented the first Breaking Dawn movie once to laugh at it. I've heard
0: the second one is kind of good.
2: And the only thing I remember from the first Breaking Dawn movie is that when Bella conceives, right away she starts getting pregnancy cravings for peanut butter chicken. That is all I can take away from Breaking Dawn Part 1. The Uh, peanut butter chicken.
1: I heard that there's like this setup to a massive final battle in Part 2. That just doesn't happen. No, they
2: talk their way out of it. So you read this like 800-page book. Where they're gearing up to fight the Volturi and Bella's all trained up as a vampire. And then at the end they're like, "All right, cool, we're good. So I'm pretty sure in the movie
0: they actually do the fight. No,
2: they don't. They talk their way out of it. Really? Because that was
0: like the centerpiece of the trailer.
2: No, that was a uh, vision that I believe Alice had. She's okay. the one who can see the future. I think it's a vision meant to fake people out
0: okay. when they
2: were seeing the trailers because the fight never happened
0: in the book. Interesting. That's horseshit. <laughs> it's
2: so dumb. It's so dumb. I could go on a whole rant about Breaking Dawn, the book.
0: Well, that book is bananas.
2: I have many issues with Breaking Dawn. Many, many, many. Including pedophilia. Yes. Being one of the biggest.
1: So, like, watching this movie, I'd heard all the jokes. I've never seen any of the Twilight movies. But I'd heard all the jokes and, like, heard some of the ridiculous lines and about the staring and everything. But there was no exaggeration. These are not jokes. These are just descriptions. descriptions.
2: If anything, the jokes weren't harsh enough.
0: And I mean, like, we, of course, we've been talking about the looking in this movie. The peak looking is, of course, the looking at Bella while she sleeps.
2: And she asks him, how long have you been doing this? And he casually replies, the last couple of months. And she's not like...
0: He says it in a way where he's like, oh, not that long.
2: And he doesn't react like a normal human being and go, oh my god, get out of my room. She's like... Aw,
0: sweet. Yeah, you're so cute. Oh, I did couple ra-
1: So she gets the, like, vision of him, and she thinks it's a dream. And I wrote down in my notes that they had voiceover where she says, that was the first night I dreamt of Edward Cullen. We know! It was the first time you dreamt of him. We saw it happen. Why did we need that voiceover? Also,
2: I don't think that was a dream. I think he was really in her room.
1: I do, too. I do, too. But it was just one of those moments where... The voiceover literally summarizes exactly what we had just seen. And it was so unnecessary. It just drove me crazy. Totally unnecessary.
0: And this is around the time that he saves her from the car. Right. Yes. She's just like chilling in the parking lot.
1: What happened? Do they explain why this guy's van is just out of control? No.
2: I think... If I'm remembering correctly, in the book, there was a patch of ice or something in the parking lot, and he lost control, but I'm not 100% certain on that.
0: But so this car, like, spins out and is going to slam into Bella's car and crush her, and Edward, like, leaps across the parking lot in an instant and is able to save her, and she's like, wow. And he's like, I'm just really fast. There's nothing unusual about me. Don't just ignore me. Stay away from me. I can't stand you.
1: Totally oh my God.
2: normal teenage love stuff.
1: The negging at the beginning of this relationship where he is just straight up mean to her and it only makes her want him more.
0: Yeah. So then like later on, she's at like the next town with her friends and they're like getting prom dresses. And that's when she goes off to get the book. Right. About the secret history of vampires and werewolves. Right.
2: Which, by the way, why does Forks attract so much paranormal activity?
0: Well, well the werewolves have been there. Because the, they're Native American. That's
1: true. And I think, I don't know if they make it clear, but I think someone told me this. Is there in Forks because it's the rainiest place in America? So, so the they sun isn't out. So they won't shimmer. So they can, like, exist during the day more in this place than anywhere else. That makes there sense. There just
2: seems to be an awfully high concentration of the paranormal in Forks, Washington, versus the rest of the country.
0: Well, we don't know. We need Stephanie Meyer to write the broader scope of we Paranormal need America. We Twilight
2: universe expanded.
0: Exactly. She... Instead has been focusing all of her work on just rewriting this book.
2: I believe she was going to publish the series again from Edward's perspective So the
0: plan was just to do the first book from Edward's perspective. It was going to be called Midnight Sun. And she wrote most of it. Oh, but
2: then it got leaked on the internet. It got leaked on the internet. She got so salty. She's like, I'm not doing it anymore.
0: It's not fun anymore. But she did, like, give it to the director, Catherine Hardwick, and to Robert Pattinson when they were making the first movie so that they could, like, get more perspective on Edward. And then she also, she didn't publish... Midnight Sun, but she did publish in 2015, Life and Death, Twilight Reimagined, which is the same book, but gender flipped, so it's Beaufort Swan. Ew. And it Edith Cullen, spelled E-D-Y-T-H-E.
1: Oh, that's awful.
0: And so the plot, at least based on the Wikipedia summary, is the same, except at the end, they don't save Beaufort in time from the Venom, so he just becomes a vampire at the end of book one, and that's it. Oh, wow. Is
1: there just like a control F, find all of the gender pronouns, and just types in a new one?
2: Does Beaufort become pregnant at the end of the series with a vampire-human hybrid?
0: Not to my knowledge.
2: Oh, that's disappointing.
0: Especially because Beaufort becomes a vampire so much earlier.
2: Fair enough.
1: Wow, Beaufort's kind of a slut. Because isn't the point of this that, like, becoming a vampire is sex and they have to wait until marriage?
2: I believe his hard line for Bella was she had to graduate high school first. Before he would turn her.
0: Well, he is very protective of her. And he
2: only turned her when she was giving birth to their vampire human demon baby that was like killing her from the inside out. So his only choice was to turn her so that she would not die while giving birth to their child.
0: Breaking Dawn. This whole series. So it's at this point in the movie then that Edward saves her basically from being raped? Yeah.
2: Yes, by a crowd of boys at Port Angeles.
0: He swoops in in his Subaru.
2: And stares at them. That's how he gets them to go away. The staring. He
0: kind of growls too, doesn't he? It's a real Frankenstein moment. Why the Subaru? Um, Because here's the thing. No, no, it's a Volvo. Oh, is it? That's even worse. Then my joke doesn't work. They
2: made a very big deal when the movies came out to advertise Volvos as the official car of
0: Twilight. The only official car thing that has ever worked for me is when Rogue One was coming out. And all the ads were for Nissan Rogues. Oh,
2: of course. That you I was on board to, you with. You have to do that.
0: It was
1: honestly hilarious to see all of this trick driving in a Volvo.
0: And the uh, sound editing, which was clearly a different car.
1: Yeah, there's like the tires screeching <laughs> as he does donuts. and has like full <laughs> V8 engine
0: noises. And it's just this sensible sedan. I really wanted it to be a Subaru so I could make a joke about love being what makes a Subaru a Subaru.
2: I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure it's a Volvo.
0: Sorry to crush your dreams.
1: So, yeah. So this is when Edward saves Bella from being gang raped because he can read their minds.
0: Right. But he can't read her mind.
1: But he can't read her
0: mind. Is that a normal... Can all vampires read minds or just him?
2: I think most vampires, it seems, have their own special talents. Yeah. Like, he can read minds. um,
0: Alice
1: sees the future.
2: And Emmett is supposed to be really strong. From the books, I can't remember what Rosalie's big thing is, but Jasper, he has like a calming effect on people. Like he can like read the room and then like make everybody relax. But his to read minds, no, I think that's pretty much just him. But the fact that he can't read Bella's mind calls into question, does she have a mind to read in the first place? Because she's just pretty blah.
0: So he's compelled by that and also by her intoxicating smell. He can't stand being near it. it but just, yet
2: he must be. He just can't stay away from her.
1: It's almost like an addiction.
2: Like his own personal brand of heroin, you might say.
1: Is that the worst line in this movie?
0: It's up there. You know, there.
2: it's in the top top five for sure.
0: So then she's like doing her research. She looks up websites about like- cold one. Vampire lore. She actually Googles it,
1: which was a shock because I'm so used to seeing movies like High School Musical that has some weird
0: fake knockoff so they don't have to pay Google. It's even weirder sometimes when they use a real one that's not Google. Like Like Bing. The Amazing Spider-Man uses Bing. Ask Jeeves. You know what? If they used Ask Jeeves, I would like it. So she's doing her research and then she confronts him in the woods. And she's like, yo. You're a vampire. Well, first he has to be like, say it.
2: Say it out loud. He's very bossy. Very, very bossy.
0: And then he takes her up the mountain to show her his glittering skin. And she's like, it's beautiful. My mouth is open all the time.
1: Also, it's not beautiful at all. It's pretty weird looking. It's just very weird.
2: And in the same scene, he says... I've killed people before. And she's like, it doesn't matter.
1: It should matter. That's what I wrote in my notes.
0: And he does this whole thing where he's trying to scare her away by being like, I'm the world's most dangerous predator. And she's like, I don't care. He's like, I've never wanted a human's blood so much in my life.
2: And she goes, I trust you.
0: Bella, you're an idiot.
1: He's given her no evidence. He saved her life that one time, but that was, like, the only interaction they've had. Every other time, he's just been a dick to her, so I don't know
0: why she trusts him. But all she says when he's, like, going on, he does that- This is where he does the heroin thing, and she's like, I'm not afraid. I'm only afraid of losing you.
2: Because all good and healthy relationships should be likened to heroin.
0: Yeah, this is great. She's a
2: great role model for girls.
1: Yeah, and the movie definitely has a strong link between desire and anger and love. Very normal things to tie together in a really healthy relationship.
0: incredibly healthy. You would think that with him having been alive for this long, he would have like simmered down on some of this like teenage nonsense.
1: Maybe he's just perpetually stuck with the hormones of a 17-year-old. That's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds
0: awful.
2: Like an overactive pituitary gland. Yeah. Sending the signals to his brain.
0: Speaking of living forever, when he was playing piano and, like, seducing her that way, I thought of Wowbagger the Infinitely Prolonged from the Hitchhiker's Guide books, who is a guy who basically becomes immortal in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy novels. And at first he's like, great, this means I can do whatever I want. And he starts, like, going around and, like, seducing women and, like, having wild parties and having a great time. And then he does everything and he's like, "Oh." I'm immortal, I'm still alive, and I've had my fill of that. So then he's like, alright, no worries, I'm gonna try every alcoholic beverage that's ever been created. Because time travel exists in this universe too. So he does that. And then he's like, crap, I'm still alive. So then he decides the only thing that will also fill his infinite time is to use time travel to, in alphabetical order, personally insult every person who's ever existed. <laughs> <laughs> And so he spends infinity time traveling around to track down individual people, call them a dumb name, and then move on to the next person.
2: Good way to spend your time.
0: And I feel like Edward is on his way to that. Right now he's in the like, I'm going to learn musical instruments and get really angsty. But eventually I graduated
2: from high school 70 times.
0: Eventually he's going to hit the point where he's like, all right, I'm just going to like go around and insult everyone who's ever existed.
2: And he's only been around like 100 years, like. He's still got a lot of it's forever. Got a lot left. of time. A lot of forever.
1: So to talk montages, I was so confused because they had them actually being nice to each other and the falling in love montage after they'd admitted unconditional love to each other. They so- do that fast. So what happens?
2: Like a s- switch. Being yeah, on.
1: so it goes, he's a dick to her. They admit unconditional love to each other. They have a montage of them slowly, like, dating and falling in love. I feel like there was some flip-flop time orders in there somewhere. Hashtag
0: flip-flop time orders. The name of our spinoff show debuting next month. Wills, what is that going to be about? Flip-flop time orders is the story of a family pizzeria that, as they make their pizzas, they discover... The circles they are spinning are the circles of the Earth. And before they know it, as they spin that pizza in the air between their hands, they're spinning time forwards and backwards and getting to experience the history of Earth through their time-traveling pizza parlor. I'd watch that. I'd watch that, but we'd need to workshop the title. (laughs) I've already forgotten what it is. What is it again?
1: Flip-flop time orders.
0: Into it! Um, I don't, where are we?
1: I don't even know. Are um, we still on point one? What's going on? What, yeah,
0: what are some of our other points? Yeah, I'm lost. So I hate this movie. So we already kind
2: of touched on this, of being your lover's personal brand of heroin and how healthy that is. That's a
0: must.
1: I like my own personal
0: brand of heroin. I think that's going to be our dating advice. Yeah, obviously.
2: Uh, another point was falling madly in love for no reason with no foundation, which Mark just touched on here. I've never
0: wanted human's blood so much in my life. I'm pretty sure the reason was she stood in front of a fan in a science lab. Like don't you always fall in love with people who stand in front of fans in science labs with their mouth slightly agape because they have a medical condition that stops them from ever closing it.
2: Maybe she can't breathe through her nose. Maybe she's got a deviated septum or something. She
0: has the mouth breather. The mouth breather, yes. The mouth breather coming to CBS this fall.
2: I watch that too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we've already touched on that point. It's Another... about
0: the first fish to climb on land.
2: <laughs> uh, my other point I had would be how Edward is so controlling, overprotective, stalkery, and they're super codependent. I'm sorry. I'm
0: stronger than I thought. Yeah, I-, I wish I could say the same. Yeah, we're also around the point where they have their makeout session when he's watching her again in his room while she sleeps, in her room while she sleeps, and they start like making out and they're like going to the bed, and he's like, I can't ever lose control with you because if I lose control, I might eat ya. Yep.
2: Normal teenage love. I
0: want to drink your
1: blood. (laughs) Normal stuff. Normal stuff.
2: He just orders her around a lot, too. Yeah. Get on my back, spider monkey. Yeah. Get on the back, spider monkey. And he, you know, makes her say it, say it out loud that he's a vampire. And when they're at the prom, she doesn't want to dance. And he's like, you know, I can make you dance if I want you to.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe she
2: doesn't want to dance.
1: Women don't have agency.
2: I guess not.
1: Like, of course he has to boss her around. She can't make any decisions for herself.
2: He doesn't even let her sleep on her own. He has to watch her.
1: I guess you do have to find something to do when you sleep. Why not just become a full stalker? You insult people in alphabetical
0: order is what you do.
1: God, this movie is terrible.
0: So then, like, they go to the baseball game, the evil vampires show up, and the The one- Baseball game- scene lasts so long that baseball game scene is like a perfect 2008 music video
2: did they use the same clip of alice pitching over and over again yes because she
0: does this really bizarre pitch where she sticks her leg out parallel to the ground like no pitcher ever but it's just being like what if we had this girl spread her legs really far (laughs) like i don't understand why she's throwing that way i guess i don't
1: know movement for the camera in a one-time... moving so much that we don't need anything else to
0: move. It's true. That baseball scene drove me crazy. So then the mean vampires show up, and then what's-his-name James is just like, the fact that you're really into her makes it exciting for me. Which, like, uh, whatever.
1: The motivation...
0: Is so Again, barely there. why does there. this
2: guy want Bella so badly? Why does everybody want Bella so <laughs> everybody, badly? Everybody, He's just like one everybody, of the kids at school. He even wants to eat her so badly.
0: Well, he heard that she's as good as heroin. So. Oh,
2: well then. <laughs> he's she's a heroin addict. Delicious. Maybe he should check into some
1: rehab. He also seems weirdly obsessed with Edward, because like all of the torture is about him too. So, I don't know. Maybe it's playing into the whole gay people are evil trope.
0: Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, Bella fakes a breakup with Edward to trick her dad, so she like goes back to Arizona to throw James off the scent.
1: Why would they go to Arizona in the first place? It's like, if she's being hunted, why would they go to a place she's been before? I don't know. I think the idea is just like, then they'll have a place to hide at her mom's house. That was
2: literally the second place he checked.
1: Yeah, because obviously that's going to be the second place you check, but-
0: and Edward just wants her to be somewhere studio? safe because, as he says when he sends her off, Bella, you are my life now. That's not creepy at all. Why didn't they just go to, like, Chicago
1: or anywhere else in the U.S. where she hadn't been before? Or
0: Canada. They're close to the border.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. Their planning skills leave a lot to be desired. Because they're
0: teenagers. Edward is not a teenager. Unclear. He's got that pituitary thing. <laughs> That's, yeah.
1: He's been around enough to know how to make a basic plan. Uh,
0: apparently not. Yeah, apparently the not. The evidence of this movie suggests that he has not.
1: They even have someone who can see to the future and they can't make a plan.
0: So anyway, they uh, they save Bella. James is killed. Um, she doesn't become a vampire. And Bella tells her mom she wants to stay in Forks. And Edward's like, you should go to school in Jacksonville. And she's like, you just can't say stuff like that to me ever. You can't ever suggest that I should be anywhere except where you are. Ever.
2: stage five clinger i dream about being with
1: you forever oh god that's where i
2: wrote down the note about being codependent
0: yeah
1: fully codependent and then they go to prom together and then they kiss and And he doesn't need her
0: she asks him to though she's like because i want to be with you forever and he's like isn't it enough for you to be with me right now and she's like for now so they don't have fangs right correct that was actually a sticking point for stephanie meyer they don't have fangs in the book, and she had a list of things they weren't allowed to change in the movie, and that was one of them.
1: How do they drink the blood? Do they just like they eat just a like chunk out of the skin and then drink? I, I think, think that's so. Right.
0: I mean, that's what it looks like when she has the Ew. bite from James. She has like a tooth ring.
1: Yeah, that's true. I made this joke while we were watching it, but the only vampire thing I've seen that accurately portrays how vampire bats drink is the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, where they go see Dracula in the retired monster's home, and he explains how he doesn't suck blood. He scrapes and licks, which is what vampire bats actually do. Hashtag scrape and lick. Official (laughs) hashtag of this episode. (laughs) That's like what their fangs are for, is they just make cuts and then drink the blood out of it. Gross. It's very... I guess Very it sounds gross. like
2: what they do in Twilight,
1: too. I guess. Yeah.
2: They just bite and suck.
1: Oof. That one's not a vampire. <laughs> <joking. laughs> Please, no. Um, Alright.
2: Uh, let's just, like,
0: keep moving. Uh, do we find this romance believable? No.
2: Well, aside from the fact that they're vampires, no. No, absolutely not. Wait, wait. Not. So the
0: vampire thing <laughs> is the part you do find believable. No, I'm saying, <laughs>
2: if even if we were to put that aside, the romance itself is not believable because if a guy in this day and age treated a woman like he treats Bella, she'd be calling the police. Uh,
0: but what if she's like his heroine? Even in 2008. You see, we've been harsh on Edward. He meant heroine with an E at the end. We've been calling him out. We've been harassing him, giving him a hard time. It's a simple misunderstanding.
2: Oh, that darn English language and its homophones. Yeah. But I really don't think the romance would hold up.
0: I mean, the standing in the bedroom alone.
2: That alone is call the police worthy. He would be in jail and have a restraining order against him. There's no way. Unless she was one of those people who falls in love with inmates while they're in prison for life sentences.
1: She is one of those people. I guess
2: but like, she is. <laughs> she I'm trying like to it.
0: imagine a teenage girl not just like being really upset at discovering somebody watching them while they sleep.
1: No, everyone would be freaked out. Even the people reading this and like, it's so romantic, would be horrified if they found out someone was in their room watching them sleep that is the normal sane reaction because it is a creepy
0: creepy thing to do they
2: wouldn't be able to get beyond that point because she'd have a restraining order again
0: yeah them. so on our 10 point scale then where zero is we do not believe the romance of this movie and 10 is we 100 believe it where would we put this movie
2: negative five
0: <laughs> one movie has gotten a negative five before howard the duck mark gave howard the duck a negative five
1: Episode two, I dipped into the negatives because that movie was so bad.
2: I I think Twilight's a negative five.
0: Mark, what do you think?
1: I'm going to put this at a zero. No, a one. No, a three.
2: Why a three? (laughs) That's
0: way too high.
1: Because there are people out there that are really crazy.
0: I can't go that far. Maybe, no. I mean, no, go for your three. Do it if you want to. I am doing a one.
1: Three might be too high. I think a two. Okay. Because there are people out there that are in totally. controlling relationships. Absolutely. And it's really
0: bad. But it does but happen. But it does exist.
2: Unfortunately.
0: Yes. Yeah. I'm doing a one. Katie, negative five.
2: Negative five all the way.
0: All right. Do we think... I feel like our answers are obvious. Do no. Do we think Bella and Edward are dateable? No.
2: Absolutely not.
0: Yeah. We can move on. We've kind of
1: explained that. Yeah. God, this movie is so bad. Like, it is dangerous. This
0: movie is dangerous. Yeah. It Irresponsible. sets really bad models of what relationships should look like, and it romanticizes behavior that's really horrible.
2: Especially for young, impressionable girls. It the is, whole thing. It is very dangerous for them to grow up thinking, this is romantic, this is normal, this is ideal.
0: The whole thing of the, like, you are the only thing I care about now is kind of scary.
2: It's very scary. People need to have other interests in relationships.
0: But if you did have to date one person in this movie, Katie, who would it be?
2: Well, honestly, I thought their science teacher was pretty enjoyable. With his golden onion that he passed out to people, and when they're in their field trip, he goes, compost is cool. Yeah, he know, was a, I, I thought he was pretty entertaining. He was he a seems, rare example. He seems like a normal human being.
0: Yeah, a rare example of a teacher who seems competent at his job. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's true. Will?
0: Um... I was thinking uh, the science teacher or maybe Bella's dad seemed like a good dude in this movie.
2: He likes to eat out a lot. I enjoy eating
1: out. Yeah. Based on this movie and just the scenes he's in, Jacob's grandfather is just a guy who has a truck and likes to drink beer and watch TV.
2: Oh, that's his dad. That's his dad? That's his dad.
1: That's what I was torn because he's really too young to be his grandfather, but he has that like... Old wise man well, air. He's the
2: tribal elder. Okay, he's like the leader of the tribes. So and that of course actor, he has to be wizened.
0: Has played tribal elders in a lot of things. Oh,
1: for sure. But like, he was the person I was watching, and I was just like, "Wow, there's nothing wrong with this person. He is just fun."
0: So there you go. Yeah. All right. Ignoring the sequels, do we think Bella and Edward would stay together?
1: I think in like ten years, Bella will have a restraining order against Edward. I hope so. And Edward should be in jail. That's my hope.
0: Yeah.
2: Unfortunately, that's not what happens, but... Right.
0: Um, okay. Yeah, I think that does it. Yeah, uh, looking towards next week, I am ecstatic. I've been pushing for us to do this movie for a year now. I finally broke. It's, it's been, been so a year. Fun.
1: I just needed to throw Will a bone. It's gonna looking, happen.
0: Uh, leading up to the one year anniversary, I was looking at a bunch of stuff from our past episodes, and I actually cited this movie as a possibility for best romance of 2017 in film. Guys, we're doing it. It's happening. It's time for a geostorm. storm.
1: <laughs> this movie's a masterpiece. <laughs> this movie is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever watched.
0: I'm kind of excited to see it again. I can't wait to talk about it. Of course, until then, you can follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at We WeLoveTheLove, love, and you can email us questions or movie suggestions at we love at gmail.com.
1: And if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, now is a really great time to do it because we're in year two and we've got a new name. It's
0: also a time when it would be really helpful if you wrote us a review on iTunes. It's really simple. It only takes a minute or two and it makes us more visible on the Apple Podcast app. So it makes it easier for other people to find the show. It's really helpful for us.
1: So last question, what's the best piece of dating advice you got from this movie? My answer is
0: drive a sensible car with confidence.
2: My advice would be... Carry pepper spray.
0: Oh yeah, that's an important one. Bella carries Is that dating advice?
2: Should always be prepared. I suppose so.
1: One thing Edward does is openly comes in his pants the first time he sees the person he's gonna fall in love
0: with,
2: and it works.
0: (laughs) And it worked out for him. Up with him. That's true. All right. Um. Until next time, I'm a ginger (laughs) and I'm gay. So
1: between the two of us, we know everything there is to know about romance. Bye.